1: Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
0: Hello there, and welcome to the Times Business Podcast. That's where we look ahead to the events that will be likely to move markets in the coming days. I'm Robert Miller. This week, we'll be asking whether Deutsche Bank really does need a state bailout and what the German giant's woes mean for British banks. We'll be looking into the autumn to discuss predictions for the housing market. And finally, she said this.
1: And the kind of plan that Donald has put forth would be trickle-down economics all over again. In fact, it would be the most extreme version, the biggest tax cuts for uh, the top percent of the people in this country than we've ever had. I call it trumped up trickle down.
0: We'll find out what he said later. I'm joined by David Charter on the line from Berlin and here in the studio by Martin Waller, editor of the Times Tempest column, and Tom Knowles, our property correspondent. Warm Welcome to you all. Thanks for being here. David Charter in Berlin, if I could ask you, first of all, Deutsche Bank possibly needing state aid because of this 14 billion or potential 14 billion dollar penalty from the US authorities and state aid, state aid for Germany's biggest. What's that about?
2: I think, Robert, that um, what we've got at the moment is a complete uh, frenzy surrounding Deutsche Bank. And talk of state aid uh, was raised uh, in Die Zeit, which is a a very well-respected and well-informed weekly newspaper. Um, But I think what it picked up on – let's be clear that the government um, and the financial regulatory authorities and the Deutsche Bank have strongly denied the report – What they've picked up on is scenarios that have been worked on presumably in the finance uh, department of Wolfgang Schäuble that everybody in the German financial establishment hopes will never come to pass. And so they've been forced into this strange situation uh, of insisting that they won't do anything to help the largest bank in Germany if it hits real crisis. Uh, and is, is, in, is facing a kind of Lehman-style uh, collapse. Uh, of course, we think, uh, it, it, and everybody thinks in Germany, that Angela Merkel won't stand idly by uh, if there really is a run on uh, Deutsche Bank and, and, and that level of crisis of confidence. But it is, it is now a confidence game. Uh, the uh, chief executive, John Cryan, the British chief executive, has come out fighting with an interview in Biltz the popular and, and biggest-selling uh, daily newspaper to say that he's never asked for help, he's never asked for a bailout, he won't ask for a bailout, he doesn't need to ask for a bailout, it's all going to be fine. So clearly something is terribly, terribly wrong.
0: Martin looked at from a
3: slight distance, is, is that how you see it? I mean, is there another, another aspect to it? One thing I find staggering, um, and I think perhaps you have to be German to understand this, and I am not, I'm on the other side of the North Sea, we're not talking about Lehman Brothers here. Lehman Brothers was a fairly interesting, large, but not overwhelming US investment bank. But this is the Deutsche Bank. This is the guarantor of the Deutsche Bank since the German economic miracle kicked off. If you told any German in the street 20 years ago, it would be, it would ha- any prospect of it going to, to, to the, the state and saying, we need a bailout, this is extraordinary. This is quite, quite, must be quite psychologically shattering.
0: Is that a fair point, isn't it, David?
2: That is very fair. Uh, it's much bigger than layman's, and m- many people have supposed that it was actually in much greater trouble or a similar amount of trouble as layman's back in, back in 2008, because it, it did the same trick. It was uh, buying up uh, and packaging up all of these uh, terrible mortgage deals, many of them made in, in the United States, and trying to sell them on, and got into the same level of, uh, of mess for which The the fine that it's facing from the U.S. Department of Justice of $14 billion dates back to that era um, of crazy sort of casino banking, the very thing that the European Union has been trying for the last um, eight years to prevent, to head off, and to make sure that European banks have got much more uh, capital reserves so that if... One part of their their riskier business causes problems because the, the investments prove to be uh, bad investments they 've got the they 've got the money to to um, to survive um, what 's not clear is whether, even with the enormous amounts of liquidity that Deutsche Bank is supposed to be able to draw on amounted to something over two hundred billion euros eye watering amount it 's not clear whether it 's got uh, enough capacity to lay its hands on ready cash for a $14 billion fine. So that's the next step is to try and negotiate that down.
3: More to the point, I don't think it could go to investors and say, would you please buy shares at the current level um, to raise funds? Um, The the price is just too bombed out. I mean, I think there are two problems here, David. I think you probably accept both these. You can talk about doing a rescue. You can say there's not going to be a rescue. There is going to be a rescue. It cannot be done for two very good reasons. One, it would obviously contravene EU rules on state aid, straightforwardly, no question of that. Secondly, the Germans have stood out strenuously against any bailouts of weaker banks, particularly in the Mediterranean areas, Italy, remember the Bank of Cyprus. Um, They've always said we won't do this. They have a horror of printing money or whatever, which goes right back to the days of Deutschmarks in wheelbarrows. And for them to suddenly say, yes, our bank actually does need a state bailout, every single other bank, wherever which was equally constrained or worse, would say, well, actually, us too. But I, I don't see how that can happen. Tom, if I could bring you in here,
0: we talked about, David, both David and, and Martin have referred to these toxic mortgages that particularly afflicted the US, the subprime loans and complex packaging of all these debt instruments together. Is that largely I mean, does it have a trickle down effect if you like, what we're talking about now into residential and commercial property lending?
4: Yeah, possibly. I mean in in the UK there's there's been a lot of regulation around mortgage lending since since the financial crash and mortgage lenders that I talk to say that there won't be a sort of return of the bad old days People are a lot more careful about these things now. They're a lot more restricted in how the multiples I can lend. they can lend. Yes, yeah, exactly. there's no, no more 100% mortgages. Well, there, well. there sort of is. It. Barclays made a lot of headlines by talking about the return of the 100% mortgage but actually it, it turned out that what it was is that parents put a sort of fund down in an ISA which is then returned after five years if, if the, the child the, you know whoever they're helping pays their mortgage payments regularly yes it's, it's not quite the same there's no actual return properly
3: what do you think about it? Well, I probably come up with another perspective, writing an investment column, because I took a look at the house builders' share prices collapsing after the Brexit vote. It was complete bewilderment. Plainly, the market was overreacting. The market was saying, housing market's going to hell, people are going to stop buying houses, it's all going to crash, and we're heading for another 08-09 house, house building crash. I looked at it and thought, plainly, we're not, for so many different reasons. And one of the reasons is the supply of mortgages, which is, frankly, not not drying up. Still very available silver age sheet. We saw some figures today which suggested that, I think, the uh, uh, August mortgage approvals was at a 20-month low. Now, all well and good, uh, but that is almost entirely the consequence of the secondary market. What we're seeing is that the secondary market, people are not moving house if they have a house because they don't want to take on the extra burden amid the uncertainty, they don't want bigger mortgages. There is no constraint on people at the first rung of the housing ladder getting on that rung, and this is what will support the house builders. This is why we will continue to see mortgages being approved, issued, they're cheap, help to buy is propping up, the house builders is propping up first-time buyers. That will continue. I think the Help to Buy scheme is due to run out in about 2020, 2021. Now that is rather, from an investment perspective, really rather a long way off. And one imagines it'll be rolled over again because these things are. I don't know what the housing market will look like in 2020, 2021. Well, uh, if, if we, 20, did, we in, 19, be in 2016, here it, it looks pretty benign. Okay,
0: look, I mean, we have got moving seamlessly on, as one does in broadcasting, to looking ahead to the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors and the Halifax surveys on prices. Tom, I mean, before I go to David and ask him about the situation in the market in Europe,
4: what are we expecting, first of all, from those surveys? So, the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors was interesting because initially in June and July, expectations and, and sentiment amongst surveyors and estate agents was the worst in years, since the 1980s. They said there was, you know, no one was wanting a move, buyer inquiries plummeted, Um, everything was looking terrible. And then suddenly, recently, there's been an increase in optimism. They say new buyer inquiries are picking up. So I think we will see more of this slightly more encouraging optimism that actually once the initial two months past Brexit, uh, people started thinking, oh, nothing has really changed. I still need to move house. Um, so let's, I'll, I'll do it. Almost and, life goes on. Life goes on. Halifax and, and Nationwide House Price Indexes, they sometimes differ a little bit between each other, but they're the most up-to-date is you can get. Last time, Nationwide showed a very small 0.1 percentage point increase in August. Halifax showed a slight dip of about the same amount downwards. So I think they'll also stay pretty flat. I don't think they'll be huge. I think the days of you know double digit growth that we used to see are, are declining, but I think we'll see a steady steady-as-she-goes housing market for the time being. Well, that's good enough. David, over there in Berlin, I mean, looking at the property market from afar, the the
0: UK property market from afar, is it seen as something of a a, a British obsession?
2: Well, it's clearly seen as um, really a sort of global asset class, isn't it? And uh, that's a good return on on investment in, in times of low interest rates. And that's, interestingly, it's just beginning to happen in the German housing market, which has long been Extremely sleepy, but just in the last, I'd say, five years of the sort of period of um, much uh, freer uh, money printing, if you money availability, if you like, and lower interest rates in 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 the eurozone, the investors have spotted that some of the German uh, some German cities are very underpriced in European terms. So Berlin, for example, for a capital city.
1: Relax and think about
3: work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
2: Property is still half the price that it is in Munich where there are warnings of a bubble, actually, a property price bubble uh, in, in the southern city. But um, property prices have been shooting up uh, in Berlin, despite all the taxes, heavy taxes involved, with buying, uh, they amount to over 15% of the total uh, purchase price when you put in city tax and estate agent tax and all the rest of it. Nevertheless, Germany, which is traditionally a country of... Renters uh, is, is is turning slowly into a, a, an, a, an owner-occupying country. The the figure is just is just tipped over 50 percent um, uh, owner owner-occupying in Germany, and it's 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 really noticeable. Not only that um, there are a lot more properties changing hands, but also there are a lot of cranes and uh, builders at work across Berlin, filling in any, any gap you, you can find in the city is being filled in at the moment with real estate
3: I would just point out as an aside funnily enough that I didn't realise quite recently there is actually a British quoted company which specialises in investing in the German residential property market in particular in Berlin, so if you're a U- U- UK investor and you think that market's looking quite promising, there's a way of getting into it so someone thinks there's money there
4: yeah, I have to say, talking to property experts and brokers and, and property funds, Berlin is the new sort of buzzword. Everyone wants to get in there. They say there's a lot of opportunity. Um, there's a lot of sort of old industrial spaces that haven't been turned into, you know, new flats and, and so on that we've seen in London. So, so it's, it's a big opportunity. And also, obviously, with fears about the city of London and passporting, obviously, people are talking about Frankfurt, too. So Germany could be really benefiting at the moment from the property. You're in the happening place then, David.
2: Uh, it's always felt that Berlin is a, is a happening place. I would sound one note of caution before you rush to invest in, in Berlin is that it's just had a what we call a red-red-green government uh, elected. So Mrs, Mrs. Merkel's party has, has, has been thrown out in the city government and in come the Social Democrats along with the Greens and the left. And so this combination is much more likely to be restrictive on things like rent, annual rent rises by landlords, Um, and may even, I mean, it's in a battle with the sort of online Uh, property companies um, who who assist you. Are we allowed to name them to rent out out your properties while you're not there? And so there is a bit of a property battle going on politically in Berlin, which you need to consider before investing, I think.
0: That's a wise note of caution. Well, it's a good point to uh, take a short break. So sit tight, guys, and we'll be back shortly. And when we do, we'll be having a European take on what's happening in the US presidential elections.
4: The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. 2016 has been branded the year of the SME. This is your year, time for your business to stand out. Are you ready? Vodafone's Ready Business Britain, in association with The Times and Sunday Times, has all the advice, insight and analysis your business needs to make this your year. Get ready. Visit readybusinessbritain.co.uk.
0: Welcome back. Well, you remember we played you the clip of Hillary Clinton's view of Donald Trump's economic policy. And in the interests of balance, this is what the Republican candidate, Donald Trump, had to say about Hillary Clinton's views.
1: You are going to approve one of the biggest tax increases in history. You are going to drive business out. Your regulations are a disaster and you're going to increase regulations all over the place. And by the way, my tax cut is the biggest since Ronald Reagan. I'm very proud of it. It will create tremendous numbers of new jobs, but regulations you are going to regulate these businesses out of existence when I go around David if I could start
0: with you in Berlin, how important are the series of, of, of presidential debates? How much are they impinging on the sort of the news agenda, if you like in in Germany and indeed the wider Europe?
2: Well, speaking for Germany, there's a tremendous fascination uh, with America and all things american um it's an it's an interesting uh, relationship between the two countries, of course, because America was one of the occupying countries which helped to set up the modern Germany. And what we've seen in all surveys of opinion is a huge, uh, huge uh, support for Hillary Clinton uh, and uh, fear of uh, Trump presidency. Uh, the Stern magazine, for example, had 80% of Germans favoring Hillary and 20 for Donald. This is linked to several things that uh, trump a trump presidency could bring there 's nervousness over his uh, lack of support for nato uh, that would uh, that would obviously mean if that Germany would have to step up and become more militaristic pr- perhaps uh, more active militaristically in uh, which a lot of germans are not uh, are still not comfortable with. Uh, were America to, to really row back, especially at this time, when there is nervousness in Germany about the aggre- aggression of Russia. Where perhaps there's one, one area where some Germans have some sympathy for the Trump view is on TTIP, the um, US-EU trade deal. And there's a strong feeling and uh, hardly a a weekend goes by in Berlin, it seems, without another demonstration against TTIP. So I know it's uh, uh, flailing and and unlikely to to go through, but that's probably the only thing I can think of where, uh, where where Trump's policies would have some measure of real support from Germans.
3: Yeah, so when I, when I look at the American political scene, I'm reminded of a conversation I had not that a, a while back with uh, a US banker in London. And I was talking about the poor choice that American voters were faced with in the in the elections. And he looked at me sadly and he said, why do you think I'm working over here? I'm not going to make any judgment on either candidates, but I think it's worth looking at what they actually said on the economy, as opposed to what they actually shouted at each other, which is probably two different things. Hillary Clinton said she would be making the boldest investment in American infrastructure since Eisenhower. Uh, Trump said everything he'd, every policy a decision we make will create more jobs and better wages for Americans. Now, both those statements tell me that whoever wins, the constant cons- will be a return to pump priming and Keynesian e- economics. I think there's only one way to go. Obviously, other other options, low interest rates seem to have failed. I think we we are looking at a, a sort of neo-Keynesian regime, no matter who wins uh, this later this year. That would seem to me really rather good news for companies in the UK who are working there. And finally, before I came on air, I was talking to the finance director of a large UK-quoted company who has a lot of work in the US, and he was saying just that. He was saying, look, at the moment, there's, they've got a bit of a logjam. It's not quite as bad as pre-Brexit, but there's an uncertainty. People aren't making decisions on investment over there. On infrastructure in particular but as and when the situation clarifies we know who's in the White House companies in the UK working on infrastructure projects in the US could do rather well. David uh, TTIP and everything else failed is,
0: is there a nervousness because Germany clearly uh, the, the United States is a big big market for all of us and Germany in particular.
2: Yes it is for Germany Germany of course is is, is also going to suffer from from them from the Brexit uh, vote it seems um, it's very uncertain how that will affect, um, you know, trading relations. Of course, as well. So, there, there are a couple. Of, there are dark clouds on the on the international sort of economic horizon. Whenever you look westwards uh, for, from Germany, um, and of course, no, no one knows how long the era of uh, European central bank uh, money printing and low, low, low interest rates is is going to continue. And that's something we've touched on earlier. That the, the, the the Germans really hate it. I mean, Mario Draghi, the European Central Bank president, was over uh, speaking to the Bundestag earlier this week, and he got a pretty a pretty tough time uh, from MPs. There, there, there are very few MPs in, in, in Germany who think that, that uh, the, this policy of low interest rates is a good thing and, and, should, and should go on, because you know, Germany is an exporting nation and it, and it needs to... It needs to be able to sell its goods as well uh, uh, overseas and uh, and it it feels that it's not getting the support it needs from 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 the bank from this bank policy uh, on the other hand, of course we've got draghi saying, well you know if germany wants the german economy is so imbalanced um, that it's really investment that needs to be um, needs to be increased. So there's a bit of a standoff between Germany and the European Central Bank over that.
3: I have to point out that uh, on the radio this morning there was a uh, the equivalent of the head of the German CBI, who was extremely insistent that the Germans would do a great deal better out of Brexit or put out the way not do as badly as the UK. The UK were the ones who were in trouble. He pointed to. Uh, German merchant Investment, VW in Eastern Europe, for example, is saying, almost said, well, frankly, we, you need us more than we need you.
2: Yeah, I think that that's a really good point, Martin, because it's something that's been totally overlooked uh, by, the, by the Brexiteers, who probably uh, have really been focused on the fact that, at the moment, of course, BMW and others have large investments and, uh, in, in the UK. But BMW would just say, well, yeah, we, of course we do. We sell a lot of cars in the uk but there's, there's nothing to stop them expanding production um in the former east you know uh, east european in east european countries and 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 looking and looking eastwards i mean britain just doesn't have the same eastward looking perspective that that german ha- germany has i mean the, the the sanctions on russia for example are, uh, have really hurt german uh, exporters and 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 they a lot of them hope that these will be relaxed soon. I and mean, that may be a false hope. But um, Germany looks as much east as it does west. And it's something we would we do well to remember.
0: All right, thanks for that, David. Well, that's about it for now. But remember, you can keep up to date with all the events we've been talking about when they unfold as breaking news analysis online via your tablet, mobile, and of course, don't forget in the paper. If you're a Times subscriber, please take the opportunity to sign up to our daily morning and lunchtime business emails if you haven't already. And if you don't have a subscription, just go to thetimes.co.uk where there's a special one-pound offer. If you want to hear us weekly, you can subscribe through iTunes. My war. Thanks to David Charter in Berlin, Tom Knowles, and a waller here in London. They're all on Twitter, so please do
1: follow them. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor Yahoo Finance.